Good morning. You are on the Breakfast Show on Faith FM, and it is what it, it's Tuesday today. Tuesday. I have, oh, yes, and I've just been like, where are we? But if you're listening to the live show, it is Tuesday, the nineteenth of January. We are halfway through the month, just about. Wow. Quickly. Yeah. And you are with Minnie and... Renee! Good morning, everyone. <laughs> so you should know who we are. You know, if you're tuning in for the first time, we are glad to have you. And if not, well, we're glad to have you anyway. Yeah, absolutely. How are you feeling, Renee? I'm feeling... I'm feeling, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's Tuesday. It's Tuesday, Minnie. It's Tuesday. <laughs> I um, I... Oh, we were talking a while ago that it was just... I can't remember how it went, worded it, but you know how often you know people talk about like the Monday blues and we're like we love Friday. They were yeah. like, be the kind of person who lives for a Tuesday, huh? And I was like, what? what? And because it was basically like it's such an ordinary day, but make mm. it something good, like oh, you know, and okay, I was like, yeah, I respect that. Yeah. Um, what are you thankful for? Anything okay. Uh, what am I thankful for? Well, um, hmm. I I'm thankful for um containers. I, can I tell you something? Please because do. okay, here's the thing. I don't know why, but I really really like food containers or just like containers <laughs> in general. I like uh-huh. putting things in storage and making it look all pretty and nice and then stacking it up and then it just looks amazing. And then when you have all the same kind of containers and they have the same colors or you can get colorful ones. Anyway, I was at the you shop. You do love containers. And I bought a container. <laughs> <laughs> look, I'm happy for you. Thank you. No, they, they should be handy though, right? There's nothing worse than when you're like, I need a container. I need a container. And there's a none. Um, what am I thankful for this morning? I'm thankful for many, many things. As I was driving in, I was thinking about all the things. My, I, I just arrived and my friend in New Zealand, she's like my sister, and she's like, I miss you, you can come back now. And I was <laughs> like, <laughs> and, you know, it's just, it's really nice that you can have someone who's a complete stranger who mm. becomes someone who like matters a lot to yeah. you, you know? Like yeah. I met her like over 10 years ago. Wow. I really haven't seen her a lot, but it's just, it was just nice. It's just like, makes yeah. you feel good at the start of the morning to have someone be like, thinking of you, you know? <laughs> like, aw, thanks. Yeah, but good way to start the day. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. So, do you have any positively different news for us this morning, Renee? Absolutely do. I'm so glad you do. I like I ask as if you won't, but... Like, no, I don't got anything. <laughs> Sorry, continue. <laughs> so, in Massachusetts, a Somerset police officer, he responded to a shoplift, shoplifting incident. Um, so... Instead of deciding to, he he decided basically that the punishment didn't fit the crime. So he bought the groceries for the suspects instead. Um, So this was five days before Christmas, I believe. And the officer, Matt Lima, responded to a stop and shop uh, uh, report of shoplifting. And so when he arrived, he learned that there was two women and two young children that hadn't scanned all their groceries at the self-checkout cot. How do you say that word? That where you counter like? Thing? Yeah, yeah. yeah right. <laughs> oh, you mean? Is it- yeah, the <laughs> counter where you do your self serve. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So they hadn't scanned all their groceries, and um, before they left the store. And um, he took the two suspects aside and I guess instead of arresting them first and just not listening at all, he decided to hear out their story and he learned that they had fallen upon hard times and they had attempted to take some extra groceries so they could provide for a Christmas dinner for their two children. Mm. Um, the mother of the children wasn't working and some other family issues were going on, um, which was what, yeah, which is why she did she she did that he served the two women with a notice not to trespass forms and refused to file criminal charges um so 
the the chief, his chief, Lima's boss, the chief, he said that the incident is a true testament of Officer Lima's great character and decision making. And mm. uh, he's Officer Lima said that the two children and the women reminded me of my kids, and so I had to help out. He then purchased them gift cards with the amount of two hundred fifty dollars, um, with his own money, so the women would be able to purchase groceries for their Christmas dinner at another stop and shop location. And um, his chief basically really commended him for his actions. He said, I would like to personally commend Officer Lima for his actions. They exemplify what it means to protect and serve the members of our community when safe, when faced with a difficult situation in which um, a family was trying to provide a meal for their kids. He made a generous decision not to press charges and instead ensured that they would have a Christmas dinner they could enjoy. So that's a really heartwarming story. And I love hearing stories about, I guess, you know, it's just, I think that, you know, when I don't know how to describe it, it's just like, I don't know. I just remember what God does for us. Mm. You know, we, we've committed sins against him and in, in response, God gives us grace and mercy. Um, And in, in a, like, in a sense, I can't, from that, I learn. I learned to do better because of God. Like, you know, I, I don't know. No, no, what, what 100%. Do you think? <laughs> I, no, absolutely. I can care. I can care. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we can care that. Yeah, yeah. Um, just, you know, you know. <laughs> no, because it's, it's true, right? It's it's not about um, not acknowledging that something maybe has happened that shouldn't have happened. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Obviously, yeah. we don't want a society where people, it's a free-for-all for everyone and everything at every time because that's going to create its own kind of chaos. Mm. But the point is there's... Like, I love what you just shared in that story about how he listens to their story and is like, hey, um, maybe the point here, mm. like, what is the point of, I don't know, the punishment? Is it going to teach a lesson? Probably not. Mm. If they don't have something, you don't have it. Mm. Um, and I, I find this a really interesting concept that when God deals with us, I was just thinking on the way here, people often talk about this um, balance between Oh, what's it called? Like mercy and justice? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just quite, I don't know, I haven't got my head around it mm. because obviously in this story, police officer, you know, we know that sometimes it doesn't always happen, but the idea is that they're there to, as you said, protect and serve and, yeah. you know, kind of make sure justice is happening in the community. Yes. They're still human. But then you also have this side, it's like, okay, so the thing hasn't happened that should happen, but maybe that's not required right now. You know, mm. and it's interesting how you, you just said he made the comment that uh, what he reminded it reminded him of his kids, of, yeah, of family, yeah. right? And I think often when something speaks to our humanity, like humanity that's in us, that's when we really respond with empathy. Yeah, um, God doesn't, I feel, have a reason for that except He loves us. It's just who He is. Yeah, it's just who He is. Yeah, right. Yeah, but you're right. If God does that for me, it just softens my heart to do that for others mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah i can have a hard heart though i would love to say i don't but i can <laughs> yeah well um i have more news a about a boy in yas have you been to yas i've never so, even heard of this yeah oh it's <laughs> a place it's a place it's about 60 kilometers from canberra i believe okay i believe i might i might be wrong but i think i'm pretty sure i do go past it on way, my way to um my parents land oh, so cool. a, a boy with ce- uh, cerebral palsy inspires others with his love for sheep mustering. So 
the Wallace family, they begin drafting their sheep on their small farm outside of Yass. And uh, they have, they have, you know, they have their children who help out with on the farm, uh, you know, separating the, the young lambs from their mother, their mothers and, um, uh Lucas who has cerebral palsy is just 9 years old and although his brothers are out there getting active helping out he's not just sitting in the corner he's actually helping out as well he conducts all his farm work with a customized wheelchair and um his parents say anything we do on the farm he's there the small property is about 60 kilometers from Canberra yay I was right okay <laughs> and it was purchased by his uh the grandparents Phyllis and Matt Wallace uh, less than two years ago. And so his parents started to bring him on the farm and uh, they had a wheelchair for him and he's really, really enjoyed it. Uh, he's very lucky to have his own, his grandparents who live out in the country, having fresh air, getting, you know, being with the animals, doing some, doing farm work. Uh, they said that we started taking him out to visit them when he had his old wheelchair and he could see his eyes light up with how excited he was to have freedom. Mm. And so they're learning that he's, you know, developing new skills and he's doing things that, you know, they thought it would be, you know, it makes his life difficult, but he's sort of figured a way around it and they've learned that his son their son is very stubborn but very persistent um and yeah his brothers are really helping out so it's just great news to hear that uh mm. you know your families are out there out in nature helping out and i'll tell you what <laughs> i honestly think we <laughs> oh, need to get back to nature more as in just health wise like hey, we see yeah. so much yeah so much benefit to that you're listening to the breakfast show podcast on faith fm positively different you know what? I've been thinking about this, mm-hmm. not because of the quiz, but just it's actually a massive topic, isn't it? Which one? Like the cosmic conflict. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I know that as Christians <laughs> we're like, oh yeah, but I was talking to someone the other day who, you know, doesn't really believe in anything, um, they don't think, and they were just kind of commenting on the fact that they don't really believe there's, you know, spiritual powers either way. Mm. And I, I just suddenly realised, I was like, man, if I didn't believe that, a lot of my worldview would be very, very different. Different, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, just a just point to note. Yeah, interesting. Thanks for listening. Come again. <laughs> uh, okay, so I've just got some new st- stories to share for you. Um, so obviously, U.S. President Donald Trump, he is uh, coming to the end of his time. What's it called? Office time in office. Yep. Yeah, there we go. We'll say that. Uh, and he's preparing to possibly pardon or commute the sentences of more than a hundred people. Um, these decisions are expected to be announced. Probably next week, early Monday or Tuesday. Okay. Um, apparently, he met with his son-in-law Jared Kushner and his daughter and other significant, uh, sorry, other aides for a significant amount of the day to review a long list of pardon requests and discuss any lingering questions about their appeals. According to the people who were briefed on the meeting, um, the president was personally engaged with the details of specific cases. Uh, I, I find this a really interesting idea, right? Mm-hmm. Like the idea of just commuting sentences and obviously like what kind of, you know, I don't know who the people are on that list. Um, that's a lot of power to have in your hands. That is, like yeah. for good or for bad, really. Because <laughs> I could, because I do believe they do do like, they do do like, I don't know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> like it's all, they have a lot of power. That's, yeah. that's just a lot to have. And the, the, like this, it, Oh, 
I hear it's a very common thing to do by presidents, actually. At the end of oh okay so, so our, pro- our producer just told me that it's a common thing what they're doing it's oh. a common thing that's done by presidents at the end of their term right that's really interesting to me is like your last where for the people move because like you're not staying in yeah. so it's kind of interesting I mean I don't think it's a bad tradition it's just interesting we don't have that in Australia no mm, not that I'm aware of mm. <laughs> look at it eh? <laughs> <laughs> no I, I haven't heard about it that much though no, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so there's a question of presidential self-pardon. Uh, some people, I don't think he has been charged with criminal work, but people have kind of commented on this, right, that there's a, a lot of different things that they think he ought to be up for and they think he's acted in criminal ways. Uh, so that's a whole other discussion. Um, people are very familiar with discussions around pardons and commutations, as we were saying, uh, but apparently... Yeah, it's going to be uncontroversial for Trump to do this, despite how much controversy he does cause. Yeah. People are just expecting it to just be like, yeah, just standard, standard, what's it called? Commuting. Com- just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> man, man, the words this morning are great. Uh, but yeah, he has also been besieged by lobbyists and lawyers for well-heeled clients who are seeking to have their criminal convictions wiped from their records as well as by advocates for criminal justice policy changes who argue that their clients were wrongly convicted or were given unfair sentences and deserve to be freed from prison. Hmm. Um, Trump has told advisors for weeks that he wants to be liberal with pardons before leaving his office. And aides have said that the ability to grant clemency is a perk of the job. Trump has particularly relished because the Constitution hands the power to the president alone. Hmm. Uh, but the president's review of pardon candidates has been delayed by Sorry, delayed by the intensifying dysfunction inside the White House since the okay. November election mm-hmm. and Trump's intense focus on trying to challenge and undermine the results, according to people familiar with the discussion. So that's a whole other topic. Mm. Um, I was thinking about this as I was just reading. So anyway, hold that thought, but our question of the day is going to have something to do a little bit with this. But I find this really interesting, right, that you can have your record completely cleaned. Yeah. And the Bible talks about the fact that um, – you know, when we are saved by God's grace and if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us. But it says that he will remember our sins no more. Mm-hmm. They'll be blotted out. Um, and I think it's as human and ridiculous as we can be and, you know, that sometimes things aren't fair. I love that um, we have these principles of justice, right, mm-hmm. which really we find in the Bible. Like they come from this place. Yeah. But human governments have gone, ah, yes, no, this is important. Yeah. Um, anyway, in a different story, uh, during the coronavirus outbreak in China, many Christian villages were ordered to renounce their faith and reduce displays of Jesus with portraits um, of Chairman Mao and President Xi, I don't know, or to risk losing their welfare benefits. Um, so for one, one lady, she was 80 years old and – she was removed from the government's aid list because she said, thank God, after receiving her monthly subsidy um, in mid-January, which I imagine is pretty tough. Yeah, um, this lady, 80 years old. Like, yeah. That's 
Yeah, and a local pastor said mm. that all impoverished households in the town were told to display um, Mao Zedong images. Um, and he also wanted to say that the government is trying to eliminate our belief and wants to become God instead of Jesus. Mm. Uh, this is I, like it's just a short story, but it's it's pretty intense. Yesterday we had our interview of the day yeah. being with um, Etienne, who works with Voice of the Martyrs, mm-hmm. dealing with persecuted Christians, and again, just something we talked mm-hmm. about then, and it's just always a reminder for me that we are genuinely very blessed yeah. um, in Australia. We just don't really have to face that. Yeah. Not, on a, not on that religious level. Yeah. For sure we have hard times. I'm not saying that can't be the case, but we're very free yeah. to believe what we want to believe. Uh, some of you guys have probably heard about this. I just thought it was interesting to note. So, yes, it's away from us, but I think sometimes we need a bit of perspective about what is happening in the world. And so currently... Between 7,000 and 8,000 migrants um, have entered Guatemala on their way just by foot in this massive caravan trying to get up to the US. Um, A lot of them are trying to get out of Honduras to flee poverty and violence um, in a region that's been hammered by the coronavirus and back-to-back hurricanes last year in November. Uh, I remember one time, I think I've mentioned this story before, but I I checked out a – well, I didn't check it. I was at a refugee camp in France that has since closed down and I remember just talking to so many people. There was, I think there was about 6,000 people in that refugee camp and this is, I don't know, 2015 and there was maybe six or 7,000 people from about seven different nationalities and as I talked to them more and more, I was like, oh, I don't even know how you make the call of how I could not allow someone to have to, to have the desire to have a life that I can live easily. You know, as I was just saying, we actually are very privileged in certain countries. And I, I, I understand too. I do understand the reason to have, um, you know, you need the legal side of it and you need to have some wisdom with it. Mm-hmm. But just on that human level and human perspective, when you start to hear someone's story and start to, um, yeah, really be able to empathise with someone's pain, it's very hard to, yeah, not totally. want to have yeah. them to have what I also have access to. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, it's been a bit of a hectic time for them at the moment. Um, Guatemala's message is loud and clear. These types of illegal mass movements will not be accepted. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Guatemalan security forces have been using sticks and tear gas to beat back the large um, migrant caravan. Oh, no. And oh, I don't know. It's just We just live in a time in the world. I mean, we've always been humans. There's always been problems, but. Like, we know Jesus is coming soon. And I, I, that could sound like a really cliche, flippant Christian thing to say, but I just really believe that. Yeah. And you know what? Not to bring some negativity to the show to you morning, but I don't think the world is going to get any better. You know, people were going, 2021, it's going to be a new year, it's going to be great. And I was like, man, we don't know what's coming. <laughs> we don't know. But we have a hope in Jesus. And, yeah. man, thank you. Thank you, God, for that. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Alrighty, so it is time for our interview of the day, and today we have Rochelle Ford on with us. Hey, Rochelle. Hello. <laughs> so, if you guys have been listening to Faith FM for a while, you might have also known this voice. Sounds very familiar as Rochelle Rankin. She has been married since then. Um, <laughs> we're so stoked that you're with us. Um, tell us a bit about where you are based and what you're doing at the moment, Rochelle. I am based in Canberra at the moment and I am starting to be a chaplain this year. Nice. And have you done this sort of work before? Um, No, only Bible working. So it's a little bit different, um, but very keen for the challenge. 
Mm. So tell us a little bit. I yeah, I understand that you have shared your testimony with us a little bit before on Faith FM, mm. but tell us a bit about how you've kind of gotten to this point. Like I know you've had a bit of a journey. Mm. I obviously met you. Um, <laughs> oh man. A few years ago years now. Ago. <laughs> um, it was a br- very brief encounter for about three weeks. You were back from, was it Europe or America, where you yeah. were as a professional ballerina. Um, mm. And so since then, maybe fill us in on a bit of that journey and, I don't know, some sig- significant points of time with God or interactions with people and kind of what led you mm. to Bible working and, um, yeah, where mm. you are now. Yeah, definitely. I feel like the best way to do it is starting a little bit from the beginning. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've always been, um, I've been very blessed that I was raised in a Christian home. I was non-denominational um, Christian uh, for my childhood and teenage years. I always knew God and had a relationship with him. However, I didn't read my Bible and I wasn't able to back up what I believed and why I believed it. Mm. And I think that's kind of what was missing in my childhood. Um, I just heard each Sunday what the Bible said and believed the pastor, but never read it for myself. Um, as you know, when I moved to New York, <laughs> um, I was around 18. Mm. And that's when my faith came a bit of my own, because then I had to choose to go to church or um yeah, I will not go to church because I didn't have my parents around because I used to just go along with them. I loved it, but now I had to make a decision. Is this something that I'm going to continue to to do for the rest of my life? And I chose to go. I was known as the Christian girl at the places that I was at, and I was very proud to be that. Hmm. Um, but, yeah, after a few years of being overseas, my mother dated and later married a Seventh-day Adventist man, and my first question was, what's a Seventh-day Adventist? <laughs> I'd never even heard of one before. Um, but yeah, I would come home for a month each year and that's when I met you, Minnie. Mm-hmm. And I started going to a Seventh-day Adventist church and slowly learnt what they believed. And I was shocked by everyone's Bible knowledge in Sabbath school. Like people were quoting verses left, right and centre off the top of their heads. And I didn't know what the order of the books were of the Bible. So I'd freak out and be like, oh, where's this one? (laughs) Um, But yeah, God slowly called me to stop dancing. And I learned about the Sabbath and learned that it was a day of rest, a day that is set apart from the other's a day where we can just focus on God and our relationship with others. And I was busy dancing every Saturday. So I decided to make a change. And so I stopped dancing. I moved back home. And after a few weeks, I applied to the Arise Discipleship Training Program in Kingscliff, um, New South Wales. And this was the best decision that I ever made because this is where my faith got started to get strengthened. And I learned what I believe and why from this program mm. um, because I could see the verses plainly written in the Bible. And daily was m- my mind was blown from the things we were learning. Um, and I'd had the Bible in my house the, my whole life, but I'd barely read it. And that was unfortunate. But, yeah, I decided to get baptized as a Seventh-day Adventist, and it was a wonderful, it's been a wonderful adventure since. Um, I found my faith journey also strengthened even more when I Bible worked. So I worked for a year and a half um, at two different churches in New South Wales. And, yeah, what an experience Bible working is. Mm. Uh, I think it's incredible because you can see the Holy Spirit moving. Like you'll answer questions and they'll see these answers and, and they have those mind-blowing moments that, that I've had in my past as well. <laughs> yeah, That's been in there the whole time. <laughs> um, <laughs> And yeah, you see others. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say I have um, done a little bit of a similar thing that you have, Rochelle, with working mm. um, or, or volunteering even as a Bible worker. 
And mm. man, some of those moments, hey, where you just see someone oh. be like, oh, whoa. <laughs> and like, it's just really delightful. <laughs> yes. It just makes it so much fun for you yeah. as well, like teaching it. And it's just those light bulb moments, totally. Yeah. But then you also see the Holy Spirit changing someone. Yes. And I believe the greatest evidence for the existence of God is a changed life. Mm. And through Bible working, you see that frequently. And that's just so strengthening for my faith. You get to see others accept Jesus. You get to see them make a decision to get baptized. And you just see this joy that's coming into their lives that they didn't have before. Mm. Um, so I loved that. I also loved the accountability to study and read my Bible. Yeah. Because if you're giving a Bible study, you should probably know about it. <laughs> <laughs> and um, you also have to lean on God if you're asked to, to preach or do something like that as well. Um, so, yeah, I believe that our faith is strengthened when we share it. Mm. And I now want everyone to know about God. I want to know that they are loved, that they were created, that they have someone to pray to and like hope for a future. There's so much that I want everyone to know. Mm. Um, someone once asked me what I would do if I knew that Jesus was coming back in a year. And then he said, and then you've got to think about that for a while. And then what would you do if you knew Jesus was coming back in a month? And then what would you do if you knew Jesus was coming back tomorrow? Hmm. And I believe that my greatest desire would be to try to share the gospel with as many people as possible. And so I strive to live my life as if Jesus was coming back soon. But we believe that. Mm. But if we really think about it, like we'd be kind of shouting it from the rooftops, you know. Um, but <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I later thought I'd become a nurse, um, but God guided me into chaplaincy and counseling, um, which I'm currently studying. So I finished a year full-time and um, now I will go part-time as I received a job to be a chaplain at a school. That's- so, yeah, it's really cool Like, because my whole life I've interacted with and taught and loved working with children and now I love sharing the gospel, so now I get to do both. <laughs> but it, And I think it's amazing too because the work that you have done um, in many ways has equipped you for this. So obviously uh-huh. you – well, not obviously, but I recall that when you came back to Australia you were teaching dance for a while, so you kind of were yeah. you know, in that space of teaching and then with Bible mm. working. And for those of you, our listeners, if you're not sure what a Bible worker is – um, mm. I think particularly for Rochelle and I, I mean, it, it it can look very different. Basically, it's just, at least the space I worked in, it was a full-time capacity of mm. how can we meet people, how can we be sharing the gospel in a really intentional way. So that for mm. me when I was doing that, um, I did it for a year volunteer and then I was working with a church for another year. Um, mm. And for me, that was just door knocking. We just knocked on mm. doors and, mm-hmm. and you know, that could look different. It could have just been specifically asking people for prayer, just saying, hey, I'm oh, – what's an example? Yeah, I'm Minnie. Um, I'm from the church down the road. I would love to know if there's anything we could pray for you for. Um, my church and I were mm-hmm. going to pray, and I'd pray with them at the door. Um, that can lead to conversation while you're there and, you know, go mm-hmm. down that track. Sometimes it was simple as we're just wanting to know if there's anyone in this household who was interested in reading the Bible or we'd be talking about world events or we might have had mm-hmm. a – uh, a neighborhood survey. Hey, are there programs that you think a Christian community could um, contribute to the neighborhood needs, um, or just just physical stuff? So you know, do you know you or yourself? Is there anything we can help you out with? Mowing lawns, washing windows, um, you know, tutoring kids after school. You know, that sort of. So for me, that's kind of what it's looked like. Uh, but it's basically mm. this really intentional um, focus and time. Um, 
Yeah, to be trying to meet people to share God's word. So as you said, Rochelle, you know, getting getting into the word of God, we have to be spending time there if we want to be able to share it. Um, so a mm. Bible worker is essentially someone who's just wanting to share Jesus through through intentional Bible studies with people um, so mm. that they can know for themselves. So it's not just a, um, yeah, I'm going to tell you what to believe and then you go on from there. But, hey, let's work with you so you can do your own devotion so, you know, you can know Jesus yeah. from the Bible. And um, But, yeah, so that's if, – if you guys aren't sure what a Bible worker is, I hope that made sense. Um, and then as I was saying, Rochelle – that working for you, I imagine, in that sphere has then also helped you to now, as you have worked in schools before, you've got mm. teaching background, you've got interacting with different ages. Um, you know, you have now come to this place where you know the Bible a lot better for yourself than um, I know that you've questioned some of your knowledge. Um, <laughs> I think we all do. I th- you know, we never know all that there is that we're going to know from no. the Bible. Mm. Um, yeah, and so – Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah. So you're you're now studying your degree. Um, and how long do you have yes. to finish that? Um, it'll be two years full time, but as I'm going part time, it may be a little bit longer now. Not sure exactly how long it'll take. Um, but yeah. a few more years now, as long as I do this chaplaincy role. So, mm. yeah, yeah it's a good adventure. Absolutely. <laughs> hey, hey, Michelle. Uh, this is Renee. Hello. Sorry, I've, it's been Hello. awesome hearing your stories. Um, can I please ask for people who I guess are Christian and they have their relationship with Jesus, but they're unsure, like they're not as confident in what they know, you know, why they believe what they believe. How Mm. can someone start getting on that journey of really being intentional about, I guess, being more aware of, you know, and, you know, knowledgeable about, because, you know, um, I I just love that you did a rise. I haven't done it, but I'm always in awe Mm. of people who have done like Bible school or anything like that with their Bible knowledge and, how much they know why they believe what they do. So I don't know, do you have any advice for people? Yeah, I mean, not everyone can go to a three and a half month program, you know, like that's mm-hmm. amazing and it's just incredible teachers and, and that's where I learned it. But I would just see um, if they're going to church and everything and the pastor can give them Bible studies. Mm-hmm. Now, I have done similar Bible studies with many different people and I always learn something new. Mm-hmm. And as kind of Minnie was saying, like I doubt my, my knowledge because mm-hmm. we never arrive with our knowledge of the Bible. We're never like, I know everything now. <laughs> you <know>? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So just going to do some Bible studies, like, and that could be in a group that could be with a pastor and you can do it by yourself on online, or you can just open up the book of Mark and start reading. Wow. Um, but yeah. I would just say that, um, that getting a Bible study from someone is just a wonderful experience and you can learn so much. And that's just, I learned it through pretty much Bible studies. That's what Arise was. Like you're just looking in the Bible for some answers. Mm. And I was just, yeah, to find it for yourself and to and to um, know where those verses are and to be able to back it up is a wonderful thing. And, and yeah, I would definitely push anyone to do that if they're interested. Something I'm just going to mm. add to that, um, and you can say whether you concur or disagree, for mm. both, both of you girls, Renee and Rochelle, I I actually before I did the similar course that Rochelle did I think what a year or two before or something I don't even mm. remember but I didn't actually give any Bible studies in that time you know and it was amazing mm-hmm. knowledge but I actually found that for me learning the Bible um, and learning to know God in the Bible not about God but that really came from doing it as in mm-hmm. sorry not doing it as in me learning how to give Bible studies came by giving Bible studies, oh, you know. Yes. And I, I, now that 
can also be tricky. And I think, as you were saying, Rochelle, like find someone you can Bible study with. Look, maybe it's just a small group that you're at. Maybe it's just a friend that you both have an interest in. You say, hey, can we both read this chapter and then we'll discuss it. But I Mm. found that, as you mentioned earlier, Rochelle, I had to find out answers to things that I didn't know. And so it was kind of, sometimes it was very frantic. I was like, I don't know how to answer this. <laughs> but it made me go. And sometimes that was simple, as simple as me jumping on like Bible Gateway or something and be like, okay, I need mm. all the verses that mention this thing. And I'm not saying that's the best way to study. It was a way for me to find out, you know, big picture about a particular topic. And so if you really have – um, uncertainty, but you're someone who has the drive to be like, I don't mind not understanding for a while, <laughs> which can be very frustrating. But yeah, I think sometimes uh, we want to have all the answers before we go and share. But in my yeah. experience, it was in the going and sharing that I actually mm-hmm. found those answers often. Um, yeah. Oh, I completely agree. Completely. Yeah. <laughs> that was my story too. Like I got a lot from Arise. But um, when you when you teach it, it stays in your head so much more as well. And you're yeah. really – because you're digging into the Bible to a deeper level. So um, on your own and, yeah, definitely, I completely agree. And that's what's good about getting Bible studies. Then you have a bit of knowledge. And then the, the, the way we're supposed to do it really is – Teach someone the Bible in Bible studies and then bring them along so they can teach someone else. That's right. Discipleship, right? Exactly. Mm. Exactly. And that's just the way to to grow their faith as well. Definitely. Yeah. Well, we're basically out of time, Rochelle, but thank you so much for Mm. coming on the show. It was great to hear a bit of that. We hope all goes well with your chaplaincy Mm. this year and study and all that good stuff. We're just going to move on with the show now. This is Matt and Josie Minicus with Let Jesus In. You're on The Brecky Show. Have you ever heard a story? Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.